The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. I had uh, uh, an email um, about a week or so ago um, uh, from a bride who 10 years, uh, I, I covered her wedding 10 years ago. And she wrote to me after having been separated and then divorced from her, her husband. So, But he'd lost the USB. But she still wanted the pictures. And she said, you yeah, know, it was still the happiest day of my life. And so she wrote to me asking for the... And I just... I, I wanted to mention this because we, we sometimes might come across like like the end of the weddings. And, <laughs> and like, like they... I don't, I'd never want somebody to feel that because the wedding industry is not as easy as it, it once was in terms of getting bookings that there isn't still a magic to it because I thought this underlined for me the magic that somebody would say yeah. that they're divorced, they're separated, they're divorced now, yeah. but, uh, but it's still the happiest day of my life. Please tell me you've got the USB, which of course I did. Good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to mention that because I, I sh- we should never forget the legacy of what we do. No. No, absolutely quite right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's it from Kev. The Fuji cast. <laughs> Enough weddings. Let's move on. Come on, Neil, for heaven's sake. I thought we were. Um, what? I thought that was off air. <laughs> I didn't realise that was the start of the show. <laughs> that was the start of the show, Kev. <laughs> Well, that, well, I suppose that's a good thing that you think I talk like that normally. You said to me, you're good at podcasting, Kev. <laughs> well, you are. I do think you're a very good podcaster, actually. Uh, a, very, a very good podcaster. Just, do you want to start the show just, again, just then? not right then. Or, sh- or shall no, I just, just carry leave, on? Just leave it in. Leave that in? Leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, We've well, started. It's nice and natural. We've started, so yeah. we shall finish. Uh, thank you for your email questions this week. Keep them coming in, by the way. Send them to... Well, there's two ways you can do it. You can either send them in through the, the Facebook group uh, or, indeed, you can... Uh, well, and, and we mustn't forget, Patron is another way. If you're one of our members, um, and we'll come to that in a moment, then uh, you get... What did we call it last week? Bump to the front. You get bumped to the front. Bumped to the front with your questions. And it's it's entirely up to you whether you want myself or Neil to bump you to the front. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. Um, and uh, and also you can send them in by email. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Uh, those questions are the lifeblood of the show. The, I have heard that for a while. Yeah, no. The, uh, now, the book you've got this week. I have a personal relationship with this book. Indeed. And, uh, and of course, I've, uh, I've interviewed this, uh, this photographer as well. Yep. So yeah. this is... Uh, Jim Moore, Tram, yes. Small Town Inertia. Small Town Inertia. Fabulous book. Yeah. Um, we shall so talk about that. Really later. enjoying talking about that. Uh, looking forward to rather talking about that. And um, uh, of course, Bjorn Moorman is, is back for part two. He is the uh, Airbus A380 pilot and uh, an ex photographer in the ambassadorial scheme in Dubai. And uh, he, so he's a pilot and he's, and he's a Fujifilm pilot photographer fantastic yeah what a combination hey, huh what a combination i uh, met him in dubai did you yes at the what's the big one uh the exhibition uh, they have there gold photo plus that's the one yeah. huge isn't it is that big uh, no 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 it's not an exhibition it's a it's a no no i don't mean exhibition i mean trade show it's not really a trade show oh isn't it's it? more a gold photo plus is a business uh, a really nice little photography business in right. in dubai right and they have a, a weekend actually it's a week long of training courses workshops oh, i completely got the wrong idea of what this thing no. is there is a mini 
like I've, Fuji I've, film will I've be there. I've never been to it. So. Whoever's sponsoring yeah. it. So yes, it's um, it, it's great. They didn't do it this year, obviously, no, sadly. No. Um, but but I've been a few times. Wonderful. Have you? Wonderful. If you are in Dubai, look up first Golf class Photo there. Blast. Did you? That's the one you went first class to, isn't it? No. Um, that is the one where I I came back from business golf. class but not not for that event oh i'd been before all right yeah and i came back business class but you came fortuitous in, upgrade you came in the, uh, the, the 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 compartments where you get the closey dory thing uh not fully closed so first class is like a your own little private bedroom so you can't that's you the one that shut the door fully the lights of casey neistat flying correct right um but business class on this particular flight which was in a um Emirates was it the A380 A380 upstairs Um, yeah you can close your door but you can they can still see in it's not, How it's not can totally, they see any of you? Well, it's like a compartment. It's like a sliding thing. What they do? Looking underneath the door? It's a bit creepy. Well, no, isn't they, it? they just they could stand and look over. Hello, Mister Mullins. Yeah. Do you want a cup of tea? Um, <laughs> cup of tea. We're not having a cup of tea if you're business class on A380. No, no chance. Like champagne, please. All the way. All the way. Do you bathe in it as well? I uh, go to the little pub at the back of the plane. That a little was nice. pub at the back of the plane. Yeah, a little pub at the back oh, of the you plane. It, yeah. yeah. Does everybody meet at the little pub at the back of the plane? Well, I just went. Doesn't that tip the myself. plane up? <laughs> uh, Where's yeah. all the passengers? They're in the little pub at the back of the plane. It was very cool. Yeah, uh, there wasn't many people in that on that flight. Can I have you to not say. really? Can you not go to the little pub at the back of the plane if you're not in first class? No. Oh, so business I could, class. Remember. Business class. Right. First so class business, is a very business, different business, thing. Business, uh, but so business I, class I, and first class share the little pub at the back of the pub. But I couldn't pop up from the uh, pub at the back, back of the pub. <laughs> Pub at the back of the plane, but I couldn't go up there sitting in my normal seats downstairs. No way. If, if like, for for instance, that we were flying back together from mm. one of these events, and you were given the chance to go upstairs, and I had to sit down, but that wouldn't downstairs. happen, would it? You'd get the go upstairs, just like you get all of the fancy <laughs> hotel rooms, and I get the travel lodge by the car park. <laughs> That's always no, but what if, happens. If I would say no, I can't go up there if my friend Kev's not here. Because I want to be in the little pub at the back of the plane with him. It's like that. Do you ever watch Modern Family? No, I have. I know of uh, it. But I haven't Modern watched Family. It. No. Those of you who watch Modern Family, I hate it. Mm. I absolutely. And the reason I hate it is because my kids constantly say to me, "Dad, why can't you be more like Phil Dumphy?" Oh no. Oh. Why is Phil so good then? Well, because he's funny. Right. You're funny. Well, gives them stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, there's this episode of um, Modern Family, which is actually a very good program, where he's on a plane and he's he gives up his seat just so he can uh, gives up his seat in first class because he can go and sit next to somebody who um, is different to the person he bought sat next to let's just say that right. uh, Phil Phil Dumphy yeah uh, hope you don't want me to be like that no. Phil Dumphy children no 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 absolutely um, right but the pub at the back of the plane pub yeah. at the back of the plane uh, let's get to your questions you go first okay so I have a question from Andy Higgins right and he says, uh, whose Instagram is Andrew Higgins Photos, by the way, right. says, some months ago I wrote to the show asking for your advice on buying into the Fujifilm system. I only dabbled as far as buying an XF10, which I love that little XF10. Right. My friend who runs um, uh, Rapeseed Oil Farm up in Scotland right. always listens to the show, Mark. Hello, Mark. Good friend of mine. He, I, he just bought an XF10. Is he? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he says, I'm, uh, I'm still tempted to buy a cheap X-Pro2 instead. As a pro, 
robustness is a major consideration and having seen pics of Kev's famously battered kit that actually gives me great reassurance vital visual clues for a pro so the question is are all Fujifilm X lenses metal bodied they seem to be from a couple I've looked at other manufacturers have plastic barrel lenses Mm. not always a bad thing as they can be very high quality indeed but a metal barrel lens is a bit special so are all Fujifilm lenses metal I don't know the answer to this question Um, Uh, the answer is no no I'm trying to think of the ones that I have, and I'm thinking which ones are plastic, which ones are metal. The XC lenses, anything all? that's monikered XC are the lower, cheaper and they're plastic. end. They're plastic, right. yeah. Um, Let me just look for your 35mm. <laughs> yeah, see if that one's plastic or metal. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the XF lenses typically are metal barreled. Anybody seen Kev's lens? The XF2 lens. Have you got an XF2? Have you got a F2 lens in there somewhere? I've no, I've, I've got no. This is uh, the that's F, the eighteen. Well, that's the eighteen. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's uh, that's plastic. Yeah. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. So the, the what you need to realise is that the the, the 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 composition of these lenses. So the F two lenses. That's why I wanted you to pull out an F two lens if you had one. Uh, What's I, this one? I think no, that's, not that's the sixty. Mil- is that's mine? That's definitely mine. That's yeah, got my scratches all over. This it. is your one, but you lent it to me. Oh, on a you can have it forever loan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can have it back if you like, but I'm still using it. No, I don't need it. But it's you fine. can have it if you like. It's fine. But I'll put it next to your thirty-five mil. <laughs> um, the so yeah, all you need to remember with a Fujifilm system really is that the. Uh, weather sealing is not in all of the lenses that's mm. it that's important if you're shooting outdoors and stuff um xc lenses are your cheaper lenses if you like however they're still very good i have a couple of them they're often the ones that come with the, the plastic end caps rather than the, the nice branded uh, fujifilm ones and the xf lenses are always going to be fine i mean i've got i've still got the original <clears throat> i thought i still had the original 35 mil one i do not have your 35 mil <laughs> and uh i still have oh hang on <clears throat> I did have the original 60mm f2.8 lens. I do have that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I did, uh, that's, the th- that's the lens I use for all the close-up stuff for the intros to my YouTube videos yeah, with a record player. It's a good stuff. lens, actually. And I the 18mm f2 lens. I still yeah. have also. You can have it back ones. if you want. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're all good. You, I wouldn't worry too much about the, um, the metal bodiedness of them. No. But uh, if you need weather sealing and stuff, then that's a consideration. But the XE lenses typically are the ones I, if you if you can afford the the higher up ones, go for them. Um, an email from Casey in America. Casey, nice though. Oh no, Casey Ek. Oh. Um, hi gents, love the show. Have gleaned a great deal of info and inspiration about hearing you speak about the craft. I've uh, recently quit my full time job at a newspaper to pursue freelance opportunities, which I hope will allow me more freedom. We all certainly have more freedom at the moment. Um, and flexibility with my lifestyle. You're, with my photo work so far, I've, I've really only stuck to, uh, to camera raw editing. So obviously, uh, Casey has a reasonable amount of experience. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but now my, uh, that my content will be completely my own. I'm wondering if I shouldn't add deeper levels of photo editing to my photojournalistic work. Am I reading into this? That he's thinking that he could, you know, everything's been raw, but could he now really essentially go JPEG as well? Is that what he means? Or Well, I think I think what he means is that when you're producing images for newspapers, you're not allowed mm. to edit them. You can you can straighten oh, them and crop them, perhaps, oh, but yes. you can't edit. Well, I'm wondering if you have a short list of must-know skills on Photoshop or other platforms that are crucial for setting your work apart, or if you even use high degrees of post-production. Thanks for all the great content uh, from uh, Casey's in St. Paul in Minnesota. Well, I, I suppose I, I, I wouldn't say... I'm a heavy editor of of images, although definitely my 
Images have become, they certainly look more edited now I'm, I'm on the Fujifilm. I don't know why. Now that I've been with Fuji, shooting Fujifilm for two years, constantly, full-time, nothing else, hmm. I think they do look slightly more post-processed than they did for some reason when I was shooting Canon. I would say the thing to, I mean, this is a huge subject, mm. but one thing that revolutionised um, the way that I edit is curves. Right. curves in photoshop and the s curve in lightroom once you get over the idea that actually dragging that little curvy thing up and down is uh, is going to adjust the contrast and the density of your picture then you can do all kinds of stuff so you know look at the curves take the me curves. through a typical curves day with kev it'll go like that <laughs> okay. is that your s curve so pump it? up the shadows and bring down the highlights. That's what my typical S-curve does. Does it? Uh, a little bit of clarity, perhaps, if you're yeah. into that. And then that's... that's Honestly, the, the less you do, the better it is. But don't crush the blacks. Oh, well, you can crush the blacks if you want to. A little bit? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> crush the blacks and pump up the No, I'm just talking about, you know, when, uh, when you get the sort of faded look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it does depend on what you want the look to look like, doesn't it? At the bottom it? of the S-curve where you put a little in and just whip up on the lower left hand side correct quickly. if yeah. you want that if you want it faded you just drag the left hand side yeah. of the s curve yeah. as far up as you want um well, but some people be a little bit careful because then it just goes into this weird effect it does but some people you like it don't they, don't they? Well, the weird they effect do. some people um but honestly curves if you're if you're new to editing and you're um you know you're wondering what can give your images a pop without mm. them looking too too um ridiculous curves yeah. Uh, con- curves. I think in Photoshop it's Control M on the keyboard. Is it? Oh, okay. I think so. Right. Command M on, on if you're on a Mac, and of course on Lightroom it's on the right hand side. Mm. And, and and actually almost you, I, my even my Huawei phone has got. Yeah. I, I look at the pictures and I can adjust the S curve in the. Oh, is back. there a Huawei um, different just, just built, editing tool then? It's just built into the phone. I thought you used, I thought you used Lightroom. I do, but you can. I, what I'm saying is it's a very common editing technique oh, right, okay. but often it's it's uh it's ignored so there you go yeah. s curves try not to overdo it boom boom s curves your friend kev this one is from peter moxham and yep. he says hi kev hi neil moxham moxham i used to have a um a teacher called moxham mm. mr moxham this is it no i don't think so he was 81 when he was teaching me maths then so peter moxham says i remember when neil and his dad tony blackburn used to come to the school <laughs> can we just get away from this tony blackburn is my dad thing he's not <laughs> uh so peter says love the show blah 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 yeah. blah yeah. he actually wrote that uh, yeah a question about influences now when i first right. read this i thought it said influencers oh but it's not it's influences well, you'll be closer to that than me you're an influencer <laughs> I think so you are i'm not sure i've ever heard the two of you talk about who inspired you neil often asks that of guests in interviews but what yeah, about the two of you yeah. a newish listener having just come across to you only three months ago so apologies mm. if this is something you may have talked about in the past enjoying mm. what you do so far sincerely pete uh, we have talked about this in the past but yeah. but that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about my, it my influences change constantly i think in the early days it wasn't so much famous photographers that influenced me so i know i know that is very much the case for a lot of other photographers but it would be people it would be peers even people that i'd met locally giles you know my good friend giles i only got two in the world giles and kev he he was most certainly an influence 
his photography, the stuff that he'd done, the stories he told. And, you know, he was a mentor as much as anything. Mm. But then it, it sort of shapes, doesn't it? As you go along, you start to look at other photographers' work. And um, then I know it might seem like a, um, a name that's trotted out far too often by both of us, but certainly Don McCullin, mm. Salgado, that, that sort of terrific work down in the mines in particular. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Influences is, I mean, originally from a wedding point of view, uh, you know, as, as we talked Jeff about Ascoff. many times, Jeff Ascoff, yeah, definitely a uh, huge influence, and kind of now, like you, it's, it changes. I mean, I, I every time I bring these books into the show, you find a new influence. I, I find new influences. Yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. I think you said to me a couple of weeks ago, you, are you only going to bring in black and white books or something? Mm. Or somebody said it to you. I but I think I was but, bringing books in. I'd do the same. Yeah, well, it's that's almost all I've got. Yeah, I mean, I do have some color ones, but it's it's mostly black and white. And I think that's a subconsciously the influence. You know, mm. what I see in the books is is what influences my love of black and white photography good black yeah, and white photography yeah. at least uh, Bert Hardy's just come to mind as well look up Bert, mm-hmm. H- Bert Hardy B-E-R-T Bert Hardy who's a super well I think we've done a book by Bert haven't we Eugene W. Smith yeah well. Eugene W. Oh, Smith I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. film The Jazz Loft yeah oh my word yes you sent that film for me to look at it's amazing it's incredible I think we watched it together one night you were in Malmesbury yeah. I was in in, uh, in here in, near Newbury and we were <laughs> watching at the same time. Kev, I love this film. Bottle of wine. Uh, yeah. Oh, the good old days of lockdown. Do you I remember know. those? Oh. Yeah. Well, we didn't have to worry about making money because nobody was making no, money. No, exactly. Anyway, we'll be back there again soon, so it doesn't matter. We can <laughs> oh, go Kev, all stop. over again. Stop. Um, so, influences. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, yeah, it really is lots of different places. I typically. Art as well. Art can be a great yeah, influence. I was going to say yeah. um, films and stuff these days because, funny enough, I never really watched films or TV shows but because of the lockdown I, I did end up watching a few more did you um there's a lovely film really beautiful well shot film called um lewin davis right. being lewin davis it's called right but a uh, a singer and it's made by the coen brothers oh, um, right. oh wow and it, okay. but it's not it's yeah. not a typical coen brothers film right it's um but it's so well shot and actually mm. the cinematography in it is what I was really interested in like the light and the mm. shadow and the mm. shades and the subdued nature of some of the scenes and that I think influences me now as well which sounds if somebody had said to me right when I was 25 yeah uh, you know <laughs> I get influenced by yeah. movies it's lovey a, what are you talking about music influences me to write my books yeah. I, I'd be like well I can't write I, when, I'm, true. when I'm writing stuff I, I have person. to have music on in the background of a particular nature I can't have singing. I no, no, not music. singing. No, it can, it yeah. has to be totally, um, mm. you know, vocal free. But, mm. but the, I mean, in terms of art, I spoke to somebody for the Photography Daily podcast. Uh, have you ever heard of Toby Old? Um, so he's a. Don't think so. Okay, um, he's a, a photographer. Well, before Leonard Neumann introduced me to the name, I must admit I hadn't either. And then when I sort of dug into his archive, um, and we'll put the the link to um, his website. In fact, he doesn't have his own website, actually. No, he's oh. just featured by lots of archives. Yeah. That's the kind of photographer he is. You mm. get that idea when somebody doesn't have their own website, but they're featured by archives. Mm. Um, so he was um, – he, he's kind of done lots of different series. So um, – he's and, and get this. His first landlord was Andy Warhol, <laughs> who oh. introduced him to a particular um, – a, a number of discos, uh, clubs. Well, it was the disco age in the 70s. Yeah. So he was in New York covering for one series, Disco. 
<laughs> and um, so that was his first series that sort of he got picked up on. And then he, he went from there to another series which was made at the FDR Psychiatric Hospital in New York. But the pictures are amazing. Yeah, I bet. Then he did one called, Bo- just simply called Boxing, where he was working with a, uh, we were doing a lot of photography behind the scenes in uh, in gyms. All wonderful black and white stuff. Probably should get a book of his, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I spied, I said, that's Mike Tyson, isn't it? He said, yeah, yeah, that was Mike Tyson. I was working with him before he was famous. So, yeah, Toby Old is his name. Toby and, Old. Uh, so when you're talking about down. sort of continual influences, the moment I started looking at Toby Old's work to do this interview with him, bang, hmm. there was another influence. And when you look at this series called Disco, which you'll love, by the way, um, the Disco series is fantastic. The, the stuff that he saw in New York at a time. Oh, I bet. Know. Nobody yeah. was doing a disco series in New York at no, that time. No, no. And then boxing and the, the psychiatric one. And, and that was, of course, when... Um, what was that TV show, Keep Fit? No. Um, fame. Fame. Yes. Keep Fit. <laughs> I don't know why I said Keep Fit. I just kept, think, I kept thinking of the leggings and the dancing. Fame, I want to live forever. That's it. Keep Fit. Yeah. yeah. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. High. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was all disco-y type stuff. It that was, was that very was much. huge in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah, but that was the yeah, age, 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think um, um, I think to answer to your your question, uh, an answer to your question, I think influences are, they're, they're a variables, they're a moving target, if you like. Yes. Yeah, and quite right, they should be also, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right, one from Mark Simmons in Marshall in Wisconsin. Um, Hello, chaps. Finally found enough time to finish listening to today's show, number 144. I found the discussion about photographing funerals interesting, that I've been doing them since... He's been doing them since the mid-'70s, my word. Wow. Wow. So, undoubtedly, you're going to have a lot of very powerful, I would imagine, um, on the back of the last conversation, black and whites. Mm. I would have thought. Yeah, from then. Um, I've always had a camera by my side at social gatherings and found that while it felt strange to be photographing others in their time of grief, many times relatives were equally uh, quite pleased that I did so. I've never been paid to photograph a funeral since I was uh, attending to pay my respect to the individual who I'd known. In many cases, when I was spotted with a camera, somebody would come over and ask if I would share the images for those who couldn't attend. Mm. I pointed out to people that uh, next to weddings, funerals are the next big event that many relatives attend. They are. I always suggest to to the relatives that while it's sad, it's a good time to get a family photo as they may not know uh, when they will all be together again. It can be challenging, but I tell myself that others who can't be there, will be glad to see the images. I thought I'd send that in just my two cents worth. Enjoy the podcast. I'm looking forward to one day seeing you two in person. We didn't plan on going to Wisconsin, but I like the perhaps, look. perhaps we should. I love I, should I love cold weather, and Wisconsin sounds like it's going to be you cold You do like the cold, the don't you? What is it about the cold you like? I love it. I love snow and cold. See, no, I also I like love the, hot and sunny. Yeah, I like... Pro- yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> I'm not an in-betweeny person. No, April I and don't like April the and dank weather that we get no. in the UK. You know, that kind of like, it's just cold. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wisconsin. Okay, right, we'll go to Wisconsin Yeah, next. That'll be on our list. That's, that's the one. So, sorry, I didn't, it wasn't a question. It was more, more of a point. But thank you for that, because mm-hmm. um, you're right. I think um, funerals, we, we talked about photographing funerals, and, uh, and, and I've photographed one in particular that uh, w- that we talked about anyway mm-hmm. your question so this email is from chico mm-hmm. chico says hello neil and kevin long time listener here but first time to ask a question but before that just want to say the fidgetcast website is absolutely a great resource it Been is learning so much blah yeah. blah 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 <laughs> we have videos on there we have 
uh, discounts. We have uh, pictures of me and Neil looking well, not many with those. a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's it. And and we took that last summer. We've never taken another one since. I know. Took Should that. have taken one in uh, in in Switzerland, shouldn't we? Or maybe not later on that night. We did. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It never good. come out? It did come out. Oh. It's just, I don't think it. I think <laughs> the one with the coffee cup was better. <laughs> was that the one that was Gemma. taken about one thirty in the morning? No, it was when we were leaving the hotel on the final day. So oh, we've right. got the snowy mountains behind us. We're looking very fresh-faced. Oh, it's completely overexposed. Yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah. yeah rubbish. <laughs> Two photographers yeah. that couldn't work out exposure. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, also, it took us 20 minutes to get both of our faces in the frame <laughs> without a thumb or a finger or <laughs> something. Yeah. Here are my questions questions plural okay number one we'll start with number one i'm starting a wedding photography business i live outside of a big city and i would want to market myself in that big city but since i don't have a physical location studio office in the big city what do i put in my website's location to help with seo Mm. marketing in the area that i want Mm. well Um, you're the this is definitely your area of expertise he then goes on to say i don't want to put my home dress in as the location because i live in a small unheard of town uh, the action is famed in the big city where I want to market myself. I love the way he doesn't mention the big city or the li- little town. Right. Uh, Chico. <laughs> There's somewhere in the world in a little somewhere town a next little town to a big town lives is Chico. a wedding photographer called, called Chico. Chico. It's almost like a movie. It is, yeah. 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 It's like Godzilla's going to yeah. come out at the end of it. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good. It's a really good question, though, yeah. because the local um, Google local stuff is, is really complicated. Yes. What you can do now, though, in Google um, local, and you could do this on your My Business page, mm-hmm. or you can do it in some plugins, and you can do it in Squarespace, in, in, just in the in the location stuff, is you can tell Google your area. So you can actually type in United Kingdom, if you so wish. Right. And on Google Maps, it would, you know, when it shows you your location, it would put a little circle around the whole of the United Kingdom. That's never going to help you, is it? Because it wants to identify you for a more, uh, for, for a locality, doesn't it? Well, it prefers it, you to have one. It will help you in this kind of situation because he does doesn't want to be associated with the little town right. he wants to be associated with the big town the big town yeah so you can you still need to give google your address but you can say covering boom mm. big town um so that's a that's a relatively recent change to the google my business stuff mm-hmm. so you can you can say i'm in malmesbury which is a little town outside of a big town called bristol and i can i'm covering swindon bristol bath Gloucester, all that kind of stuff. Would there be any advantage to you changing it to, say, Bath or Bristol? No, because you need to give it your address. You still need to give it your your address. So he has Google. to give it his address. Well, Google, you need to tell it where you are located. Yeah. 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 I. It, but he doesn't want to do if that. You do, no. What he what he doesn't he doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want Google to market him there so what you say to google is this is where i physically am so google knows you're a real person this has come in for basically like pizza companies and stuff like that who Mm. on google local they don't want to just deliver to one street they want to say we cover the whole of yeah malmesbury newbury whatever so because there was a time when google wanted you to be uber uber and i mm-hmm. use uber with a small u mm-hmm. uber local yeah exactly so they've adjusted it slightly to, to a, a, accommodate that kind of thing so in in google local business now you can actually say uh, you know these are the areas i cover right specifically it's kind of for delivery companies and and that kind of thing but it works it have work you changed us. yours i did change mine to cover kind of the south of england yeah. basically yeah. right okay yeah. I haven't had any inquiries since then. 
<laughs> but you're very big in Northamptonshire. Correct. Yeah. Look at me. Um, and second part of Chico's question. Chico, remember, lives in a little town outside of a big town. Yeah. Says. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chico. We're, we're, Chico. We're <laughs> coming soon to a big town near you. Are they saying that the movie track in a world where Chico lives? <laughs> You can get away with that with your nice voice. Uh, since My I, friend does that. He's, a, he's He does a lot of voiceovers for... He is a kind of inner world. That's his job. And he earns very well. Uh, oh, dear. Number two. Number two. Second part of the question. Yes. Since I'm new and just starting out, I would like to know what are the stages or phases mm. or parts mm-hmm. of a typical wedding in chronological order? Oh, wow. For example, first part, is that the bride's location for prep? And then what would be the second part, third yeah. part, and so on? Basically, walk me through a typical wedding day coverage, please. Well, follow it in, in sequential order, I would say. So, yes, you start with prep and then it moves on to the ceremony. I mean, how you cover prep. How, um, you, I, I, I cover about 90 minutes of prep now. Yeah, so if, we, if, we, if we're going to go through a day, 90 minutes of prep seems to be appropriate for most of the clients that I work with. I um, do half that. I do 45 minutes. Do you? Why, why, do you, why do you do that? I just feel that's enough for me. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I often feel, uh, you know, if we, when we start hitting an hour, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm, I'm the elephant in the room. You know, do the you? girls want to do girly things and, you know, crack the, the jokes and, you know, get changed and all that. I feel like I'm You're in the way. I'm just, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm this well, no, I, I, fat, I, I, hairy I, I, bloke in the corner. <laughs> I step out at all those moments, clearly. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I do too. But and I know there are some photographers that feel very comfortable to be in there and just, I, I, yeah. I, I, I feel that. No, I always wouldn't move, be appropriate for I, me. I always say to them, look, you know, if you do need to. Yeah, just send me out. Just, just kick me out. Yeah. Um, I remember doing that once and being stood outside and they, they did forgot to get you back in they didn't get me back in of course yeah, like nothing um but no 45 minutes is is my but yeah of course your mileage may vary um yeah. what well, what if um now here's an interesting question for those that are starting out uh, there will be situations where somebody's getting ready in a, a very disparate location mm-hmm. to where you know where they're going to end up but well, you mean they might be getting ready in a small town Next yeah, to the big next town. to the big town, yeah. and so yeah, so they they um, I mean often this happens in London for me mm. that they're getting ready in a maybe a house north London, mm. and then you know the uh, might be a West Central address, mm-hmm. which is a pain to get to very quickly, and you yeah. certainly don't want to be in the in the car behind the taxi. Oh God, no! Um, you know, so you have to miss certain parts of that unless yeah. you work as you know unless there's a team of you, you know. Yeah, um, and often people do work in teams. And that works that way. Yeah, well, my rule is basically I need to be at the ceremony location 45 minutes before it starts. Yeah. Okay, so regardless whether they're getting ready upstairs or they're getting ready two hours away, mm-hmm. I need to be in the ceremony room 45 minutes before it starts. Right. That's that's my my clause. I've got that in my contract. Right. Um, and that also gives me time then for if there's any kind of delays or anything like that. But, it, it, you know, I can speak to the registrar, I can capture guests arriving, all of that kind of stuff. It also puts away those kind of questions such as, oh, we really want you to get a picture of us getting in the car, leaving the house, and then get a picture of us arriving at the church. I'm like, what? You jump on my little jumbo jet, to, yeah. you know, while I wave you off down the street. Um, you know, I'll then 
yeah, get a difficult. really fast car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, or the, get lost. You know? get, get no, I don't lost, mean yeah. I don't mean that rudely. I mean you'd want to get lost. Actually, get uh, lost. Yeah. So forty-five minutes, yeah. uh, and and then obviously travel time. So yes, yeah. you're quite right. If you're in London, and there's an hour's drive between or any places other or tubes big city in a world, other big cities. Yeah. Next but then you then you're into the ceremony. Um, yeah. So that's obviously you know you're chosen method of uh, photographing that as kev says your mileage may vary and uh, do you know the ceremony to me is the most important yeah, part. yeah. I, I that's the bit of the one of the bits of the day i i enjoy the most this is why um, if i haven't got a, a vicar or registrar yeah. being exceptionally difficult about photography but but the it, notwithstanding the photography and the photographer is the reason why they get married Absolutely. That, it's the yeah. you know that's the that's the pinch point. That, well, yours used That's to be the, the, my, the most annoying thing about working in, uh, I'm, I'm just going to, hell, I'm going to say it, Herefordshire, which had these really archaic, and I, I wonder whether they still do, I don't know, uh, laws about how many pictures you're allowed to take. You yeah. know? And I often say to the registrar, you know, this is the reason we're here. Yeah. Yes, but rules are rules. You know, we only allow six clicks. Yeah. I think, well, we're here for this. They, whole, yeah. they have changed it in have Herefordshire. They, yeah, God, there it was, was awful. A, there was a big thing about that. But I did. I read on a, a website recently. Um, and I'm not going to mention it. I can't even remember it. Was it in Herefordshire? No, but it was a, photogra- a wedding photographer. Um, you know, like a. a um, well, I'm going to just say it as well. Hipster, right? You know, like young, trendy from Herefordshire. Good looking. Two H's. Uh, he was from. He was from the little town next to Herefordshire. <laughs> not the big town. <laughs> and he uh, it, on the blog post was uh, you know. Good pictures, really good pictures, all ca- all candid, really nice. Mm. Uh, not one picture of the ceremony, and this was pre-lockdown. This was nothing to do with was that. Was it just because it wasn't in the collection he presented? Um, just because he, he he and he wrote about this on the website, saying that he he doesn't see the um, ceremony as as like that's the boring bit for him. So he didn't he didn't do it. Didn't do it. What? I know. I mean, I was thinking, how arrogant is that? Well, the reason they, the reason they've employed you to be there on the wedding day. Well, clearly the the, the bride and groom were happy with that as well. Yeah. But but how odd? Yeah, I mean, weird. Yeah, isn't it? That is weird. <sighs> anyway. Short short career, I, I would imagine. He probably smashed it on the yeah. day <laughs> with avocado. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, on his camera. So so yeah. So we have the ceremony, and the yeah. important things during the ceremony, of course, Chico are uh, bride arriving. Yep. Um, first kiss if they do it. Yep. Uh, that's always rings. Uh, have ring. you ever missed a first kiss? Uh, yes. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I have. You know, I've had a few pictures where. Oh, only been... because they've kind of gone really. <laughs> quickly yeah. and the other one which i think i talked about the videographer uh, the video who guy. walked in front of them while yeah. they were doing the first kiss that was, yeah. that was a, a exceptionally difficult day actually i have <laughs> missed one you're right as i i've got one where the bride and groom did their kiss and at the same time the register i was stuck next to the registrar nowhere to go yeah there's a there's a um a place in london a, a quite a famous wedding venue where they get married in a in a little triangle room in the win- with windows right um, so you, you were literally in a corner of a room, literally with the registrar on, over the shoulder because right. they get married right in that. Well, corner. that wouldn't work in COVID times. Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, and at the and she, the registrar blesser was like, yeah, 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 do what you want, don't bother me. You yeah. know, we, you know, we're all in this together. And um, and just as they did the first kiss, she she lifted up her, her um, f- uh, careful. What the, <laughs> she lifted up her what they call those things? You know, a board. Um, what? Oh. 
counting board? No. Um, seven. Uh, pi- clipboard. 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 Right. Yes. <laughs> lifted. She just lifted up a clipboard and started right. looking at it. And yeah. but, so the picture I have oh, is no. all of the writing on her clipboard and, the, clipboard. and the top of the heads. Oh, and what a shame. <laughs> Um, so the, well then, then of course they um, they uh, do the signing of the register. Then they recess. They come outside. Yeah, and if you're some a, of this won't happen in America. No, of no. But uh, if you are at uh, not a church, there's usually a little bit of champagne waiting. Yeah, there we go. I, that now that's the shot that is always a problem for me. Um, and I do uh, date back to a time where I was backing out of the um, of the ceremony room and went into the champagne <laughs> and and knocked clatter, one clatter, clatter. knocked one glass off the of the um, uh. off the of the tray. That was. And then you're through to the uh, then you're through to the uh, cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. During which time you'll also do the um, if you're doing formals. That's when the formals usually get done. Mm-hmm. And then into and then into speeches, speeches and, and dancing. Dancing. Are you dancing? Are you asking? I'm asking. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Yeah. So that's it, Chico. Yeah. En- enjoy. Yes, indeed. Have fun. Right. That was an awfully long first round. Um, <laughs> was that the first question? That, no, that was the first. No, that was the first. That's the first half, Kev. We've oh. dealt with other questions. In that Have time. we started yet? Yeah, yeah. We, start- <laughs> we started. No, let's press record. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> The second half might be a little bit shorter, but um, the sandwich in between, of course, is another chance to hear from uh, the pilot is who's also in the ambassadorial scheme, a, a Fujifilm ex-photographer, uh, Bjorn Merman. And this week, you're going to hear a bit more about the hows and the whys of making pictures in the aircraft. He frequents as a captain in charge of these huge Airbus A380s. Um, and his smaller um, cub, too. We're also going to learn something about the books that inspire him one of which I pour over with irregularity. But let's start with Kit. Um, Beyond is an ambassador, so I'm sure some folk would like to know what a globe-trotting airline pilot travels with. Uh, for street, it's kind of it. Obviously, it varies quite a bit, but um, if you kind of my, my three or four kind of categories, aerial photography is an XT3 um, with a zoom lens, because it's it's quite hard and not not really clever to change lenses, uh, especially mm. in an open co- cockpit airplane. Which zoom would that be? Uh, it's either the sixteen eighty or the eighteen one twenty five, so okay. quite a broad kind of yeah. zoom. Yeah. Um, then for airshow photography, kind of documenting airshows for especially magazine uh, articles and stuff, it's normally the one hundred to four hundred and the 5140. And then the street photography is uh, my new little baby, the X100V. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just love this camera to death. And that's basically it. And same for travel. Uh, sometimes the X-T3 on the longer travel trips, the X-T3 comes with me as well. But sometimes it's just the X-100 series. You see the most incredible images out of, uh, out of the windows of aircraft coming up back to the aviation shots you've made. You, you've made many of these these images um, whilst flying. Any tips on how to avoid the old, you know, that, that weird glare or reflection you get? I saw somebody on an airliner recently had this like, huge like, kind of suction cup that the lens yeah. went... It went into the suction cup and he stuck it onto the window. And I thought, it looks odd, but I bet it's doing a good job. Uh, I'm not... Uh, yeah. Do you have that kind of kit? Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. exactly. I was just about to mention this. Um, the, the rubber kind of... Uh, you can call it a rubber lens hood. It's like an extensive lens hood. Uh, they're relatively cheap to find, kind of all kinds of brands on, on uh, online. Um, they are definitely the way to go when it comes to uh, shooting from, from the passenger cabin. Uh, a few tips or otherwise as well try to shoot 
uh, when an aircraft is actually banking to the right and, and you're sitting on the right-hand side of the aircraft, obviously that's, that's the best moment to take an image because you really want to be 90 degrees um, to, to the glass of, of the window. Otherwise, you kind of, you'll, there's a lot of layers you're shooting through. That will help, generally speaking, um, flying an airline that has relatively new aircraft, funny enough, is, is better as well because the windows are much uh, cleaner and because and, uh, these uh, passenger windows are basically never changed. And especially the outside layer, which is actually plastic on the side of the cabin, is often scratched by passengers. So that will help smaller uh, shooting at a relatively large aperture. So you don't see any any of the stuff on the windows. Uh, obviously, always helps as well. And then picking, obviously, the good seat. When you're taking off from New York, for example, and you fly to Europe, uh, it, might be, it might be kind of interesting to know what side the city of New York will be on after takeoff. Do you want to be seated on the left or the right? There is there is applications. Uh, there's an application called Flight Radar 24 where you can just go back in the history of your specific flight and actually see where the aircraft is actually going to turn, uh, what the best site would be, and then it's up to you, obviously, trying to convince the check-in staff that you want a certain seat. <laughs> and now I, I always, uh, I've always been told, sit over the wing, Neil. It's a much more comfortable flight, but of course that's the worst place to be if you want to start photographing graphing out of a window you either have to stump up a bit more of your cash and go right up front or right down to the back to the bit which i think is the most wallowy horrible part of an aircraft exactly you can't have it all in life i mean (laughs) uh, being at the back is is probably the best for uh, for photography is it not the front uh no generally speaking with the front the engines are relatively kind of close together i mean yes if you're really in the front you're flying first class then you'll you'll good off otherwise get yourself some stripes on your arm and then you're made aren't you really Exactly. Do, that's do, the other uh, catch you, catch you if, if you can, or whatever the, uh, the right. movie title. That's right. Now you're a captain, which means you you've got the four stripes. Um, three three stripes is the first officer, isn't it? Do you ever yeah, do, do you ever? Correct. I mean, I, I, you, you're talking about when you take off and what's out the left and right windows. Now I know you have a very firm position where you sit on the left. Yeah, we're always uh, historically um, uh, pilots have always been the captains have always been sitting on the left. And uh, but but if right. if you know the great angle's going to be on the right when you're taking off, have you ever said, listen, any chance we could swap over today because we've got a great shot coming out of this city? Well, there's there's, there's two problems with that. First, we can't change seats and uh, and low to the ground. We're obviously not taking pictures so no. kind okay. of, the, pic- the pictures I'm taking is, is from the back not from uh, wall flying oh, okay <laughs> that, that makes me feel a bit more comfortable as well um, th- there's a handful of pilots out there, Bjorn, that, that have uh, seem to have started their own YouTube pilot channels documenting their journeys. And uh, I'm thinking you could go one step further with photo tutorials attached. No, yeah, never say never. I mean, since obviously uh, things have changed with, with COVID as well, we kind of uh, lately have, have done a, quite a number of uh, webinars for Fujifilm Middle East online, obviously. And that's kind of made you think to maybe maybe it isn't a bad idea to actually start something uh, yeah. online through a YouTube channel or something mm. something a bit more uh, modern age than a blog or something like that. What about personal projects? I know we were talking about sideways and the flying ones. Oh, I love the one, by the way, which was so simple, which again goes back to aviation using the uh, what's that camera called that's underneath the plane ife the ife yes yeah and in fact i i flew on um you fly the big 380s don't you and i flew on a 380 to um not first class i might add um to uh, to sydney and i love the you one of the views is from i think the very top of the the tail isn't it going yes, forward it is. it's it's o- overlooking the aircraft which i love that um, that view that yeah. was a great view and you and but you've used that 
to actually make a, a personal project. How did you do that? Probably out of boredom, I don't know, uh, or, or maybe being stuck somewhere in the middle seat where there's, where there's no window. The, to be clear, the camera, uh, typically to refer to the 380 and most modern airliners, they have up to three different cameras. There's one on the tail, there's one on the nose, which is just looking forward. And then what I personally like the most is the one just that looks straight down. And um, it's basically uh, photographing the screen, uh, whatever comes up next below you. Obviously, completely um, you don't know what's coming, but there are some very interesting kind of uh, things that all of a sudden you notice that you probably would never even see otherwise. Not only on takeoff and landing, but just even on in cruise uh, cruise flight. And I also like the structure of, of obviously you can you can see that it's a television screen. It's not about uh, shooting something that's perfect quality. You, you can almost you see the pixels typically yes, yes, in, in yeah. these things, which yeah. makes it quite organic. It's probably going to end up in a in a blurb book or something like that, kind of eventually. Is, uh, is this where most of your projects end up in a blurb book? Yeah, they okay. do mainly for friends and 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 other, I mean mainly photography friends and stuff, but uh, not really a big marketing uh, campaign to do so. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun just even making the book. I know that Kev's a, a, a big book collector. You've got your favourites as well. You suggested actually one recently, didn't you? As well, which which was that? I did. Um, it's a book called. Um, Tokyo, this is probably a second uh, subtitle somewhere, but it, it's, all, it's a book about um, street photography, black and white street photography, Tokyo uh, by Tatsuo Tsuzuki. Yes. Uh, and it's, you might have remembered the name. It's, it's the ex-photographer that shot the campaign of the X100V, which then was later removed for kind of yeah, we, uh, being we, a, little, a little bit more conf- confrontational. We talked about it, yes. Uh, yeah. Now he he was picked up by uh, Style, which is to me one of the best uh, and the kind of um, the best publishers, uh, photography book publishers. Um, and they made this amazing book of of this very dark, contrasty, typical Japanese kind of um, style street photography. There's a little bit of some post kind of images, some made up shots, which he admits in the book as well. But but the quality of the book is just. Amazing. I haven't seen such such a nice book. Yes, and I recommended this on the Fujicast uh, Facebook uh, group. And also, Ariel, um, I know your Ariel work has been featured in, in National Geo, which is that. I always think of a photographer can say, well, I've had a couple of things in National Geo. You uh, that, that for me, in inverted commas, is made it. Um, but if, if, if only they could pay, pay well for it, that would be great. <laughs> um, there's two things. When it comes to aerial photography, there's, there's two things. There's one that you might actually know without even maybe not knowing the name. There's a French girl, guy called Jan Artus Bertrand. Bertrand, yeah, um, I've got that book. Yes, The Earth, the Earth from the Air is, the, is, one. is yeah. the title. And you might recognize the front. The, the cover image is, is a natural-looking heart somewhere in, in the forest, kind of. That's, that's, right, that's yeah, the image yeah. everybody remembers. Yeah. And we have to remember that this guy actually shot his work uh, quite a number of years ago, like 20 years ago or something like that, when, when there were no drones, there, were, there was no, no real kind of... Uh, it was all uh, through helicopters and aircraft, hard yeah. to organize. So really hats off for his work. And then the second guy I would like to mention when it comes to aerial photography is, is another um, National Geo um, photographer, a guy called George Steinmetz. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what he actually does, he has one of these powered parachutes, basically a parachute with a big engine on the back. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and he's, he's flown through all of the deserts um, in the world. He's done a big project here in the UAE as well. Um, but all over the world, he's, uh, he has a book called Desert Air uh, by George Steinmetz. Uh, again, amazing aerial photography through uh, not your, your typical camera platform or how, how should I say aircraft or helicopter camera. You, you mentioned uh, actually um, uh, photographs in... Um in the Emirates. Now, the the picture. There's one of your latest pictures. Is is of the of the camel train with the dust sort of obscuring part of the road and the rest of the road being. It's a it's an image you you need to go to Bjorn's website to see, and we'll leave obviously some links for it. How did you achieve that? Because that wasn't from an airliner, certainly, and and your piper no. is not out there. No, it was it was actually shot from a drone. Um, I picked up uh, my first drone uh, about eighteen months ago. I, I was actually quite late. To, to the whole drone uh, business, mainly because I, I found that the cameras were, were still lacking. But now they, these cameras have really improved so much that um, they're really up there. Um, and not, not to be compared with, with an X-T3, but I mean, I can make, make some really nice, decent prints out of it. Um, yeah, and it was, it was a drone shot. It, it was, it's made at a business park, which was actually all laid up with roads, outside on the side of the desert um, the project never really materialized but the roads were all there so the, basically the desert has now taken over the whole the whole site um, and there's camels just uh, wandering mm. around um, when I picked up my first drone I kind of had envisioned this this camel shadow kind of shots uh, I've done quite a few since but uh, it was one of the main uh, ideas to actually pick up a drone uh, locally here in, uh, and, what, and what, what drone are you using uh, presently, I'm, I'm just using a Mavic 2 Pro, which um, is, call it a consumer, kind of a prosumer kind yeah, of type yeah. of drone. I think it has a one-inch uh, sensor, um, which is a little bit, is, is obviously uh, smaller than a cropped sensor, but it's it's a good size of, mm. when the light is fine, then it's, the image quality is, is, is very good. And are you able to sell that? I know you say you don't uh, sell architectural stuff anymore, but are you able to sell some of your aerial work like that? Yeah, Um that's probably the biggest if when there is still some money coming in it's it's mainly through um these travel and aerial aerial photos uh, from all over the world mm. um to be used in magazines like call it stock kind of images but more specifically people looking for very specific uh, things and then i've i've actually just recently um published another blur book which is available for sale for the general public um, called focus on the world below um, it, it's a very interesting concept is the fact that it's actually a magazine it's a thick magazine rather than a real book which gives it a very special feel with quite large pages uh, kind of i'm really really happy with with how that came out through blurb yes uh, the, the magazine True blurb, yeah. It's called Focus on the World Below. With us, with us pilots, I think it's it's we're so uh, procedurally driven that whenever we can actually use the artistic kind of, of, of your brain, it just feels very liberating. Uh, mm. And making a book is just another example of, of doing so. Well, I was going to ask that, actually, because um, you do work in a, an exceptionally technical career, which suggests to me that you are the kind of person that reads the manual from the very front to the very back before you even pick it up. To be honest, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that I was not I, expecting. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, yes. I uh, I like actually the technical uh, the technical side of photography for sure. Uh, I mean, 
if you review cameras in in a way, you kind of have to be familiar with the new functionalities and stuff like that. So um, it, it's definitely something that interests me. Yeah. But then almost important for me is just the artistic, how I actually feel by picking up an X100, for example. Uh, it's just, it's a great looking camera. It's ergonomically, it's, it's perfect. So all these things actually for me are more important than just the technical things mm. inside. What's next then? Any any new plans for some personal projects? Uh, personal projects, not really. As I said, these things normally kind of grow uh, organically. When they happen, they happen. Uh, some of them are still open. There's a few that I can't talk about, unfortunately, um, which eventually will probably see the light of day. Obviously, like everybody, we're just waiting to travel more. Um, our, at work, we're kind of at a very low level right now with, yeah. with a limited amount of destinations. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I can't just wait for I had a trip lined up to, um, to Thailand and Vietnam uh, over the next few months. We'll see if that will go through or not. Um, more travel and more of, more of yeah. the same, I guess, and hopefully uh, forgetting what 2020 was all about. Yeah, there we were on New Year's Eve, all celebrating and saying, new decade. I don't think we had, well, we didn't have an idea of what was about about to happen. How is the industry? I mean, I, I know you said it's difficult. It's, you know, there's there's less flying going on, clearly. Uh, amongst your uh, your peers, your colleagues, those in the industry, is how, how is the feeling? Well, worldwide, there is, I mean... Um like all in industries, I think, I mean, the travel industry, especially the airline business, has probably been one of the worst hits, probably together with uh, things like wedding photographers and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's physically thousands and thousands of redundancies worldwide. So there's a lot of friends uh, I'll know over the world that lost their jobs. Um, so it's, 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 it's hard to actually kind of um, to move on from here, but I'm sure things will, will come back as before. I mean, it's, uh, we're just human beings. We like to travel. I don't yeah. believe in, in, in the fact that we, everything will just go online and that people won't travel anymore and that all meetings will be through Zoom and, and, and these other online platforms. Um, it's just a matter of time before things will pick up again. And uh, mm. that's I, it. I want to come back to some. Uh, let's let's go for some lighter angle questions just to just to close with. I want to come back to something you said right at the start, actually, which I've just remembered. What's more fun, the proper flying with that Piper Cup wallowing in the air, very twitchy, every little gust catching it, or that a Airbus A380 that just sits in the sky and refuses to move? Well, it's definitely the first. I mean, yes, the small flying is definitely where my, my love is the most. I do uh, I do love my job, uh, but it's it's a job. It's a job that brings me from A to B, where I then shoot images. Um, it's, it's a travel machine. Uh, obviously, it's, it's great everything i mean it's great comfort and stuff like that but um it it's all going back to what we call grassroots aviation where we actually all started on a small little grass air, airport um yeah. the, the lights the light aviation is is where my heart is uh, a bit like when you look at cameras as well kind of the nowadays the smaller the camera the, the more simple the camera the more i actually like it uh, very parallel between well, I saw a YouTube film with you flying into a beach, um, yeah. uh, which I, I thought looked a fantastic mission and a great day out. Uh, Kev said, it by the way, I mean, Kev, Kev has flown first class on one of these uh, big aircraft that you fly. He's, so anyway, you could sneak us into first class, he says, when, when it all gets back to normal for a, a little trip out there somewhere. We promise to behave and we won't drink the bar dry. At least that's a good promise. We'll see what we can <laughs> do. But it will be hard. Okay.
ever. I'm not quite sure I've uh, managed to blag um, <laughs> any any uh, first or, or business class uh, seats in the in the near to exceptionally distant future. But my thanks to Bjorn Merman for his time in joining us on the on the Fuji Cast. And of course, we'll put links uh, to his site and the work that he's been working on. And also, he mentions some books. So, uh, yep, you will get those links as well. Go to the website, which is all the W's FujiCast.co.uk. And uh, do make sure you go to today's show page for those links. Right, back to the questions. Oh, this is not so much a question but a comment from uh, from Lars Hegard, who actually, I like Lars. <laughs> not only is Lars um, a supporter of this, this year's show, he also um, supports the, the Photography Daily Show as well. So, Lars, we love you, Lars. We love you, Lars. We love you, Lars. We, we do. do. Um, he wrote uh, to say, Patreon, finally, chaps. That wasn't so hard, was it? Judging by your nervous chatter, it was. But it's okay. Well done, Kev. You nailed it, he says. Give us your money. (laughs) I'm in. So, yes, a quick mention for for Patreon. Uh, You can now enter um, the the Patreon scheme via the website, fujicast.co.uk. And um, you you, you don't have to... There's not a sort of set amount... Um, you can choose the amount that uh, that you want, and you can do it. Uh, also, you can do it monthly, or you can do it as a as just a one off payment as well, uh, and that supports the show. Do Helps. not feel obliged. Don't do not feel we shall obliged. Be here. We're here for all of you. Yeah, regardless. Well, careful. I mean, there are there are limits. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so thank you Lars and thank you to the supporters on uh, patrons well it's very kind of you Simon Berry sent a question in he said I submit terrible questions only when they're read out I realise how badly worded they are too late by then mm. no Simon not at all my first question oh uh, right it should have read what will give better so uh, maybe we answered it in a different way I don't remember this question now but anyway we'll do this my first question should have read what will give better results a cheap lens on an expensive body or an expensive lens on a cheap body? Good question, Simon. And very clear now. Although I'm looking at Kev. <laughs> well, it's a, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because yeah. I think there's, I don't think there's a, uh, a definite answer to that. No? I think... Is it know, still a terrible question then? No, it's, <laughs> it's not. Uh, well, well done, Simon. You've <laughs> the award for terrible questions. Have a glass again. on us. No, but it depends, doesn't it? I mean, typically the lens is 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 what's going to be making the image. Uh, you well, it's know, the one look, thing they say hang on to, isn't look it? Look like yeah. it does. Your lenses. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, let's just say you need to do a commercial shoot of mm-hmm. a huge lorry or something, then mm-hmm. you're going to want to use a medium format camera or something, in which case, you know, it's more expensive. about the camera. Yeah, everything's <laughs> expensive. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Well, for example, I would go lenses. Okay. I would say lenses are the most important. Ten twenty four, yeah. the zoom lens. Yeah. That's not a particularly expensive zoom lens, and it's one of the very first, isn't it? Is it, first? it, it was one of the first zooms. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and a lot of people say that's not the best lens, but people love it. Yeah, they do. I think the problem with that lens is that it's it's only f four, isn't it? I yeah, think. and it's they that lens was designed for basically landscapes. Yeah, right. But it was not weather sealed. No. And it came around the same time as I think the X-T2, just about, maybe just a little bit before, which, of course, was a weather-sealed body. So a lot of questions were like, hang on, why are you making a uh, a landscape lens that's not weather-sealed? So that was the the issue with that. But, yeah, I mean, I think optically it's a great lens for sure. Um, But, yeah, I would say lenses, to answer the question, Simon's question is lenses are the key thing. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I keep all my lenses in, in Neil's drawer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now let, let me look for the 35 mil. <laughs> yep, still here. It's in the vault. Oh, have you seen the um, what's it called, the heist or whatever? I know money money heist on Netflix. Really good. Took me a while to get used to it. But everything's in the vault in that one. I'm just thinking about your 35 mil. Uh, I would have it. I would is have that it a game vault. show? Is it? No, 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 no. It's it's a it's a it's a drama. It's a it's a crime. You'd love it actually. It's a crime drama on uh, on Netflix. Do people die. Um, well, yeah. Mm, I won't like no. it. No. Okay. Make me sad. <laughs> but it's a very good one. It's actually, it's, I think it's a Spanish one. It takes a little while to get used to the fact that um, that, that it's been dubbed into uh, to English because oh. we're not used to that. Actually. Oh, it's dubbed. Is it's it, sort of yeah. rather spoiled that, yeah, that everything absolutely. seems to be in English. It's dubbed the other way around. But yeah. this is really good. Very strong piece of television. Yeah, yeah, very uh, good. No, I might, I might take a look at it. I like Spanish stuff. Yeah, yeah. practice my Spanish. Uh, <laughs> go on then. What's the extent of your Spanish? Quisiera dos cervezas por favor. <laughs> okay, so books. Uh, we have. I think we can call him friend of the show. He's been on. Hasn't yeah, he? G- Jim has. Jim Mortram. Jim yes. Mortram. Small town inertia. Small town inertia. So this uh, Jim, for those who don't know him, and uh, you should know him, is a full-time carer of his mum. Where does he live? In we Suffolk. Lives in somewhere. He lives in Deerham. Is that in Suffolk? Um, no, Norfolk, Kev. Norfolk. And he, uh, like I say, his, his his job, if you like, is is looking after his mum. But he's he's done this kind Full-time of carer. life body of work. Yeah. Called Small Town Inertia, which is about the people in Deerham, the town he lives in. And I need photographs of something, what is it, two and a half miles radius of Deerham? That's right, yeah, yeah there's a limit on it. Yes, uh, right. So all of the pictures are from uh, within a two and a half mile radius of his house, I think. So, like, that kind of spread out. And uh, there's obviously a lot of people with, with problems there in terms of social housing and uh, disabilities and everything like that. So he's he's taken it upon himself to, to document these people. Yeah. And he's made a beautiful like beautiful body of work. Well, he's become a carer and friend for for them as well. Hasn't yeah, he? That's, um, that's very the much. Thing. So and one that shows in his work. One of the things we will put on the show notes for for today's episode is the film that Neil made of Jim. Yeah, because uh, it's it's amazing. So you'll get a really good idea of the kind of work he's doing. And it featured one of uh, one of his photographic. I don't want to call them subjects because I think they're more friends actually. To yeah, him, a chap called Simon. Simon, who um, who features very much in, uh, in in Jim's work, and I remember doing the interview. And I, actually, when I when I rocked up to do the interview, it wasn't at Jim's home; it was at Simon's home, and that was so very um, well. It was so very relevant, and, and it seemed apposite, really, to you know the project that Jim had that he was more interested in other people being featured than himself. Yeah, absolutely. And and this book, to a certain extent, reminds me of the Hoxton Press book, the um, I've, I've Lived in London 86 and oh, a half yeah, years. Which we, we talked about recently. Because it's it, there's a lot of quotes in here, but mm. it's different mm. people, of course. So mm. I've just randomly turned to page 126, and this is David. Uh, again, all black and white. And it's a really well-put-together book, so there, there, there's no kind of spread yeah. um, break-in or anything like that. Um, beautiful picture of this uh, this man called David in his bedroom and just the light is perfect everything's good you know Jim is an excellent studier of light and uh, so David says the world well I knew it was out there but I didn't feel a part of it Mm. I felt I was no longer a part of the world Mm. you sort of feel like you're a ghost and you're like on the far side of the universe and perhaps the world no longer exists or perhaps like I'm gone I'm dead and maybe I'm somewhere some kind of spirit I'm stuck in some parallel purgatory. That's how it's felt ever since I've been blind. Mm. So uh, it's a very touching book. It's an emotional book. Beautiful book. Um, and, you know, probably one of, I would say, Britain's 
I wouldn't say upcoming anymore. He was upcoming. No, no he's, he's certainly not. No, he's now. no, he's he's come up. <laughs> I think he's he's very respected for his work. Absolutely, uh, it's been featured in. in Is it, do you know? Can you ever attach the word "beautiful" to when you get social documentary like this that does not show beautiful scenes? But his study of social injustice, touching on welfare, touching on mental health, discussing drug culture, they're, they're at times heartbreaking. They're, they're, in, they're, a, they're sublimely reflective um, photographs that that many wouldn't feel, I know I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable or, or equipped to make, but he does. So are we, are we using the right word, be- beautiful? Yeah, I think it's I mean, beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. but, but yeah, the, yeah. the scenes and the subject, they're really important social issues. Mm. No, Absolutely. Gabby and Lynn, look at that. Yeah. What a beautiful okay. picture. So, uh, Small Town Inertia, Jim Mottram, and that is published by Bluecoat Press also. Uh, so you'll be able to get that uh, from the Bluecoat website, probably on Amazon also. And uh, you can have my copy for £100. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Joke. I would not let Joke. that go. I did buy one of his prints quite some um, time back, actually. Yeah. And uh, it's it's one of the most important prints I have. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. I remember asking him a question why he shot black and white because I'd I'd never seen any of his colour work and he was very cheeky and he answers this within the film. He said, you know why? He said, because uh, the monitor I had wasn't working properly and couldn't see colour. So Mm. I did everything from that day on in black and white. Mm. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Although it suits black and white, his... I I accidentally the other day flipped the switch on one of my monitors to the black and white mode. So on the BenQ monitors, you know this, you've got one. You can press the little button and it goes black and white. On your little puck, yeah. Yeah, on the puck. And I I forgot that was a thing. And I, I, I spent... Oh, you thought it was broken? No, I didn't notice. I spent literally about two hours editing. Right. And then I noticed that I was thinking, oh, I'm doing a lot of black and white pictures today <laughs> and it was because, because you're in black and white edited, but do you know what it really interesting this yeah. i i flipped it back to color mm. and i felt like the edits i'd made were better really yeah you often say this yeah because i was yeah. editing in black and white yeah. as well even yeah. though so not not color correction but exposure and and stuff like that so yeah it was that was a interesting, oh, interesting subject that blue coat press by the way mm-hmm have an amazing record for working with photographers, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I spoke with with um, Carolyn Mendelssohn, who is a, um, a photographer in Bradford. Hmm. Who during and it's worth looking Carolyn up actually. During the during the lockdown, um, she like the rest of us was left thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And she'd been a professional photographer for a, for a long time. And um, she had uh, some exhibitions due to go on in Europe, and so she put together this. Um, she put together this uh, incredible project, where uh, young people were invited to work with her through Zoom on producing their experience of, of lockdown. In, in and it's just incredible work. Well, oh, f- photos. Yeah, and and the other project she had, and this is why I'm talking about the the uh, the book publisher, Blue Coat. Um, was a project called Being In Between, where she photographed girls between the age of 10 and 12 about uh, that, that sort of period of your life where everything is beginning to change, which yeah. is called Being In Between, or so Being In Between a Child and a Teenager and yeah. that sort of growing up. Tweenies. Uh, time. <laughs> yeah, tweenies. 
But um, the stories that she's got from these children that that uh, related to her um, about growing up are incredible. And Bluecoat supported her in a Kickstarter uh-huh. um, for this this particular book, uh-huh. where she's that she's got short paragraphs coming from the children as well. And I, I just I thought it was you've just reminded me because Jim's book is a Bluecoat press book, and this is a Bluecoat press. So book. So was the one last week, Paul yeah. Trevor's book. Yeah, and just incredible. Incredible well, of course, we will link to Caroline's stuff as well as uh, yeah. all the other stuff in the show notes to yep. today's podcast on the yep, futurecast.co.uk. So we were sort of going off on a tangent there, yeah. sorry. No, right, question, last question on the show because we had a long first part. This question is from Eric JP from yep. New York. Uh, sorry, New Jersey. Is that not the JP, is it? No, this is Eric JP. Uh, Why is he called JP if his name's Eric? Uh, I have no idea. Eric right. JP. JP is, is his surname, presumably. Yeah. A, 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 um, doesn't want us to know what his surname oh, okay. is. Okay, presumably. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, Eric JP. Uh, we're not doing very well at shortening this down. <laughs> not really. Question one is two parts. Yeah. Uh, I really love the show. Yada yada yada. He did that. Good. Yeah. Well done. Uh, I am training training these people well. Yeah. In other photo podcasts I listen to, they often cover stories about their own or other photographers' issues with copyright infringement and needing lawyers, etc. Do you guys think it's worth putting photos online anymore, especially if one isn't running a photo business, e.g. no need for clients? I've become quite wary and I've become quite wary of sharing online anymore. If I do, it's decent enough photos, but not my best work. Watermarks are kind of a pain and not necessarily help. I took down my photography websites, including social media, mm-hmm. several years ago and have been debating sharing online again, aside from the little I do on Twitter. What do you think about the risks of online photo sharing? I've spoken to uh, a number of photographers and asked them this question for interviews that I've done on, on this and other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a, a sort of a wide gamut of... of um, sometimes you just you, you physically hear them go, oh, because... Uh, there was one particular f- photographer I talked to, and, and she'd said, uh, "I've just, just stopped chasing it." She's a reasonably well-known photographer. She said, I'm, I, I'm, "The reason I'm, I'm not—I don't want to say her name, to be honest, um, because I, I, I don't want people to think, oh, well, that's fair game then.'" Yeah. Um, but she said, I, "I've I've stopped I've stopped chasing it. I, you know, it's it can't be my life's work to chase copyright, mm. uh, and and really it was sapping energy from me and and making me really quite angry. And so I, I decided I could no longer do it." Mm. Um, but I'll still post because I want people to see my work, and that's what gets me work. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally get that. I know of a photographer in America, and again, I won't mention names, where he makes his a vast majority of his income is made by chasing. Yeah, he's he's employed his own lawyer. So if you want to be adversarial, then he's become an adversarial yeah. um, chaser, and and you might say, well, why not? Because it's his work. Absolutely, how dare people yeah, take yeah, stuff yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it depends how you are in life, whether you want to be ad- adversarial, or or you want to think just you know. I don't want to spend my life being angry. I don't really know what adversarial means, I must admit. But. Well, it's where you have this sort of deal of conflict while while you're opposing somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it really... I, I wouldn't... If you like sharing pictures and showing pictures to people, please don't let the negativity of individuals, the mm. very odd one that's going to do something... Yeah stop you that's that's my kind of approach i wonder what's been done to him that is is um... well we don't know of course we don't know and uh you know it's a thing i've had my work taken neil will have you will all all had pictures used you may just never know about it there is a a, a website tool isn't there which you um you can use google's image search to check another one you gave me no, you're thinking about the words. You're thinking of plagiarising. Check. Oh, the, no, this is when somebody Copy lifted skip. your words from your website yeah. and used them. And that's another problem yeah. altogether. That's, yeah. that's a question for another day. Yeah, I have my whole website 
sucked up and which, which of course is awful another. because then google's seeing two websites with the same words indeed indeed yeah. but, but images, images yeah images you know it's it is the world we live in you can to a certain extent protect things a little bit by avoiding right clicks and things like that but people it's very easy to get around that stuff if you need them to uh, i also hate watermarks yeah. I, I i put a little watermark in the bottom left of my image um, yeah. for, but that's from a branding point of view mm-hmm. rather than to stop people would be very easy to just my watermark is now my, my instagram thing so at, at yeah. neil james i just thought i'd just yeah. use the both marketing and watermark yeah exactly that um yeah i just don't do you, it's do sad you if you let that stuff stop you do you still check to see if people are using your images uh, very very occasionally did you used to do it more uh i used to do it more frequently yeah but not it's not something I wasn't something you sat there thinking I've got a chase no there is a website and I can't remember what it's called I will try and find it for the for the show notes that allows you to join and it will it will keep an eye on your website and then it it will find and it will chase for you it will chase for you you have to pay them God you've got to keep uploading your latest no 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 everything it looks at your website ah does it yeah so it'll look at your website your Instagram all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then say hey somebody's used to use this and i did I, there's like a free element to it and right. i can't remember what it's called that's a really interesting site and they came up with pictures of mine in all sorts of places did it? loads of wedding photographers in america using my pictures loads right. um some of them I, I you know they're just you can tell these websites have just been set up as uh, as just like fly-by-night stuff to mm. you know to f- defraud people out of money so they're using your images there'll, there'll be other images that probably would have randomly not randomly so much but but oh yeah there's loads of other photographers images other, as well yeah 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 and then have bunched you all together and said this is yeah. my work wow, yeah, yeah, horrible. yeah yeah um yeah so so yeah honestly eric don't try I, I i would find it hard and sad if people yes just didn't show their stuff because of that reason i understand if you don't want to show it for other reasons yeah. but that would be sad the idea of sharing is that you can you know you can sure. inspire others and yeah. um and, apart and, from and, pizzas do and, and build pizzas should pizzas. never be shared oh i see never share and they should never be pineapple correct because that makes them a cake <laughs> question two my second is how might one <laughs> my, yeah, a pizza with pineapple on is a cake yeah. my second is how, how might one best name their photo website okay so we're moving on now right. same eric he's now uh, gonna have a website yep. some versions of one's name if not too complex something more creative and then he suggests bockachicken.com <laughs> uh, i'm vaguely recalling as i type this <laughs> I was a bit late with that one, sorry. That was very late in my head. I've seen that coming. I'm vaguely recalling as I type this some mention of website namings during an episode of the or a daily version of the Futurecast. Yes. Feel free to refer me to that episode if that is true. Well, I can't remember um, which number that was. No, I can't remember that either. Uh, but uh, bockachicken.com, I reckon you've got yeah. to check that out. Make, yeah. See if that's there. Should we get it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> bockachicken.com. Perfect. I tell you what, things like that fly, don't they? Yeah. L- quite literally. There's a pigeon, uh, John the Pigeon. Well, I, I sh- shouldn't perhaps suggest this to you because the language is foul. Do you get that? Oh, terrible. It's worse than my dad jokes. <laughs> but uh, on, on one of the particular social media uh, platforms, it's just uh, just so supportive because it's daft. A bock of chicken will probably do quite well. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but actually the email has come from ericweb.org. So it, right. it seems like uh, he's got one in place. But yeah, I mean, naming a, a website based on whether you choose your name or whether you choose something more creative. Right. Uh, ultimately, I... Uh, like well, we had I, Howling Dog, didn't we? Howling Dog. Howling Dog. Yeah, we had Howling Bassett. Howling, Howling Bassett. Howling Bassett. Dog, yeah, Howling Bassett. Bassett. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, Kevin Mullins photography.co.uk. Yeah says what it is yeah it is a pain in the derriere why 
to type in that every time I'm oh, typing see, an email address. Kevin yeah. at kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk, yeah. etc. I really wish I'd just gone with... Kev. Yeah, kev.com. <laughs> yeah. Do you, there must be kev.com. K-Dog. The K-Dog. The K-Dog. Hold on, let's let's see what kev.kev.com... Oh, no, it is available. Kev.com Maybe may be for, for sale. sale. What does that mean? It's, it's very expensive. Does it? What about kev.co.uk? Kev is feeling a little queasy. Oh, poor Kev. Next. He spends his time working at Nutterson's, building some of his best websites. Oh. Kev is regularly sharing his ideas with some of the biggest clients in the world, like Coca-Cola. I feel like that Kev is more successful than this Kev. The secret of Kev's creativity <laughs> comes from the yummy coconut milk inside him. Problem is, Kev wants to share this milk with others, <laughs> but can't because it's contained in his hard, furry shell. Where is this website going to? We're looking for individuals with great ideas that will make the world a better place. Can you crack the coconut? Email. No, that's a proper email address. Me at kev.co.uk. <laughs> rather than Kevin at kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Ah, well, great Kev's website. Kev.co.uk is gone. So oh, that's, that's it. Well, you just have to stick with your long one. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad there's someone else with the furry outer shell called Kev. Mm. Well, there is. And we found them. Indeed. And that's it for uh, for another week. Thank you to our guest, Bjorn Merman, for uh, for sharing more of his life in the air as well as uh, making pictures. I'm insanely jealous that he Some of the aerial shots like are, are superb. I know. Some of the ones from the aeroplane. I know. Uh, I thought were amazing. Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't take... He, he, <laughs> of course, remember that he's not doing these while he has his uh, four stripes on and he's... Yeah, he is. He's, he's flying one-handed. Don't no, tell no, me that. That's no. I've got his... I, I have visions of him with a GFX outside the window well you could be at the pub uh, what, what do we call it pub at the back of the plane pub at the back of the plane no I shouldn't think that the pilots ever go to the pub at the back of the plane that would be that would not be allowed go on one hand pilot camera out the window pop it up to the pub at the back of the plane to do his editing yes no I don't think so at all thanks very much for your questions this week don't forget they are the lifeblood of the show send them to uh, click at fujicast.co.uk or indeed you can go through the Facebook group um, there's um, there's always a, a bit that's pinned to the top where you can leave your questions. That's growing nicely. I think we've we've almost answered every single question from there. Maybe yeah, well, a, we need more questions. Yeah, we do need more. Yeah, more questions. Send it them. Doesn't in. have to be about weddings. It doesn't have to be about Fujifilm. Doesn't have to be about tech. It can be anything. You can yeah. ask us anything you want. Really? Anything? Absolutely anything. Absolutely anything. Mm. Uh, if we can answer it, we will. If we can't, we won't. <laughs> Or we'll give it to the wives and they can answer because they've usually got we're an, good an, answers for stuff. We are we stacking up. We're stacking up a couple of tech questions. Oh yes, that we like, we're going to have a special feature about specific tech questions. He Basically, stuff we can't answer. He doesn't know yet that he's going to be the. No, that's why I'm not mentioning his no, name. No, right, okay, yeah, Carl. <laughs> but Carl will be on the show soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'll be news that Carl's just his ears have just gone. What? Yeah. What? Hey, Hang on. Are I'm they involving? Are they involving me? Do they know another Carl? I've not signed a contract yet. Um, <laughs> And of course, if you've joined our patron um, scheme, thank you very much for, for that. And uh, of course, your questions that you leave there um, get uh, what do we call it? Bumped to the front. Bumped to the front. Bumped to the front. Bumped to the front. Um, music on the show was from from Blue Wednesday, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Fuji Cast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.